kind of see it as free diving when it comes to my depth and my spiritual growth. Right now, I feel like I've been able to start free diving, let's say at meter 50. And I'm wanting to understand what it takes to get down to meter 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. And I think a lot of that is the stimulating conversations we can have with one another is the space I'm willing to hold for myself, the spaciousness that I'm wanting to create to really see what that looks like and how things unfold. And then mm -hmm. the trust that I'm willing to have in myself and in the energy, divine, all the things. So that's where community can really become this just like breath of fresh air. <laughs> Escape podcast. I'm your host, Jelene on the go, solo female traveler and creative entrepreneur. Think of me as your skydive instructor, empowering you to take the leap into solo travel to push past your fears and transform your life. Join me every Tuesday as we explore the world of solo travel with purpose and discover how you can use it for your personal transformation. Learn how to make meaningful connections around the world and reignite your spirit of play. We aren't just talking about traveling to find ourselves anymore. We're all about doing the work to understand who we authentically are, breaking through our limiting beliefs, and taking the leaps to manifest lives we are excited about. Through interviews, solo episodes, meditations, each episode is packed with practical tips, strategies, and inspiring stories from guests who have transformed their lives through solo travel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out on your journey, the Travel Not to Escape podcast is here to inspire and empower you to solo travel with purpose. Strap on your helmet. We're about to jump headfirst into the journey of a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome fellow navigators. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to invite you all to get your passport to connection. What is that? Well, we talk a lot about connection here on the podcast, how to connect with yourself as well as make meaningful connections with others. But I know it's not as simple as going to a meetup event and making instant best friends, at least not always. And there's work that you need to understand yourself and what you're looking for in friendships, where to meet them if you're traveling or moving to a new city, how to handle rejection and filter for like-minded friendships, and how to maintain these friendships over time and distance. So if you've ever felt the pangs of loneliness and, well, who hasn't, and wish you could just figure out all these secrets to these questions, then Passport to Connection may just be for you. So this is a one-day live virtual workshop and monthly mastermind where I'm going to empower you with all of the knowledge and actionable steps and direction so you can make yourself more magnetic, reignite your spirit of play, and in turn, identify and attract all those beautiful soul-aligned friendships that you're looking for. And this isn't just a workshop. This is a community in itself. So head over to travelnottoescape.com slash friends to get more information and sign up. And hurry, this is going to be an intimate workshop, so make sure to save your spot today. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to today's Travel Not to Escape episode, and we have the amazing Flaminia Buddha on with us today. She is the founder of Nomad Haven, a community for nomadic, spiritual, and business-minded female entrepreneurs. So today we're going to have such a great discussion, diving into her journey of transformation, her travel lessons and advice, and how she founded 
the Nomad Haven community. So welcome to today's episode. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I I am so excited. Uh, I already feel, as I mentioned, the energy. uh, It's going to be a great discussion and I have so many questions to to ask you. Uh, I do want to start with my question that I ask everyone to begin with because I love to start with play. So what was your favorite childhood activity and just the, the first thing you remember? I love this question because it brings me into this beautiful pensive state. I would say my favorite memory as a child was my parents would always bring us to this park that we lived really close by to. And I essentially made park friends that we would oh. see every day after school. And they they didn't go to my school. We would just go to different schools and then we'd congregate on the playground and just hang out together. And it, there was just so much presence and nature going down slides and playing tag. And oh. I would be so exhausted after. So <laughs> that's a memory that I'm, I'm yeah, really loving to honor right now because it, oh. it just shows you it's all the qualities of life that we really enjoy also as adults. And- thinking about it just yeah makes my heart feel all warm and fuzzy oh yeah this is why I love to start with this question um I also get a, a, a good understanding a little peek at what lights you up as well so in that story you're mentioning people which again you know we're gonna we're gonna dive into community in this episode but totally understandable why that was one of the first things that comes to mind but you also mentioned a lot of things like playing tag being exhausted, running around that uh, lead me to think you are a kinesthetic play style. So there's eight different play personalities. And this is research done by a play researcher, Dr. Stuart Brown, and he has a book called Play, which I love. But understanding these play personalities helps give you an insight into the things that feel like play to you. And from there, we can understand how to reignite that as adults. And it sounds like the community piece is present. And we'll dive in as I understand your story as well. I want to hear how it's manifested in and maybe doing more things in your body. I've seen friends who are kinesthetic play styles and they're dancers. They're like, they like to do dance type things or they do more yoga, more more of these somatic exercises. So I'm curious if that's something that you've reintegrated back into your life as well. Absolutely. When you were talking, I just had full body goosebumps all over, <laughs> which I am learning. If we're going to get woo, I'm learning I'm clairsentient, which means Ooh. that when any anything yes. feels very true with what the person sharing about their own life or if they're reflecting something back to me and it feels very true to me, I get goosebumps all over my body and they hurt. It's almost like a burnt forest and it's like, whoa. So I just wanted to honor that and share that with you. So I love this whole personality assessment thing. I'm happy to take a deeper (laughs) dive on that even outside this podcast because I'm always wanting to learn different tools out there that help us understand more about who we are as humans. And a hundred percent dance (laughs) is one of the most magnetic things that sometimes I don't do often enough in my life to give me that sense of pleasure and color Mm -hmm. that I'm looking for on a daily basis. I'll tell people one of my favorite activities having entered or kind of collapsed beautifully into the spiritual world. uh, You know, I haven't drunk alcohol in almost two and a half years unintentionally. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) 
um just going to more spiritual events having ginger shots and like coconut yeah. you know and all those <laughs> things available and then you just get used to it and then i'm like mm -hmm. oh i don't really need a cocktail send me a mocktail and yeah. so i think with the whole dance part i'll attend a lot of ecstatic dances ah, and nice. i'll just close my eyes and i will be in presence and you'll see me just like almost making love to the air and so i love that you shared that because i hadn't made that connection and i think that's really expansive to take a deeper dive on in my personal life and in my journaling because that's yeah that's something. yeah and i love that and yes i would love to go down that road with you too i actually have a place tell quiz that i can share um because one Bye. of the things that I think we do as travelers is we, we, we travel, we meet people, um, or, or we do activities that are on an itinerary that someone recommended to us. But my goal is to help people be a little bit more intentional, putting themselves first, putting their, uh, what lights them up first. And by starting with play, by starting with your play style and understanding what brings you joy, then you can start to choose activities that elevate that in your life. And so instead of going to whatever statue it is that you probably don't care about, uh, maybe mm -hmm. see it for like a second, but maybe if you're in dance, maybe you go learn salsa, maybe you go to ecstatic dancing, whatever those unique body style kinesthetic activities are for that city, for that culture, that's the thing that you want to lean into. So if you're an art play style, go understand how they do batik in Bali. And that might actually be really fascinating for you. Or maybe doing some of the pottery or ceramics and learning about the art. And that might light you up more than doing yoga, you know, if, if you're not a kinesthetic style. So there's a lot of layers that we can dive into this. Happy to dive in for sure, because the, the play is, is my center. Um, but the, a couple other things that you mentioned. I'm also clairsentient. That was one of the realizations that I, I had made a couple of years ago. I also um, do tarot readings and I feel the, I, I feel it also in goosebumps and it's almost like, it doesn't hurt. It's more of like um, a tingle for me. Um, mm -hmm. So whenever I like card or like can feel someone's energy, I feel it in goosebumps and then it kind of comes up as like a, like a ticklish tingle. So it's interesting how it manifests differently for different clairsentience as well. Totally. And I've also heard that there's not a lot of information out there mm -hmm. for clairsentience, which gets me even more excited because I'm like, this is an unknown playground. Like we yeah. get to talk about <laughs> it. We get to see what, you know, what resonates with you, what resonates with me. And I think that's so, so powerful. I wanted to mention one other thing on a reflection too on the whole playground and playing tag i would say in these past like five to six years you would have caught me saying that i wanted to do adult tag and i wanted to host Ooh. like an adult <laughs> tag and i'm like am i like the only one that wants this so i love that you shared that and and what you're doing with the whole play and the integration of play have people told you how important this is and how <laughs> amazing that is i hope they have and if they haven't let this be an amazing initiation into to that because gosh do we need that our inner child is just like yearning for that level of play and we're not giving it to him or her and I feel like it's great to be able to create that space and hold that space for us you know oh thank you yeah and it's so funny you mentioned that I actually did host in Bali a play speed friending event in Ubud <laughs> and I had people playing musical chairs and like blowing up and popping bubble or not bubbles uh, balloons <laughs> Uh, and I also hosted a similar like field day in Buenos Aires as well. So you just let me know and I can, I can co-host an adult tag event for you. Please. I'm subscribing to this. This is the energy yeah. <laughs> I'm subscribing to. Thank you. Yeah. Now I need to go back to Bali, host some play events, more play events. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs>
Um, so I want to, I want to understand, so you're in Bali currently in Changu and you have been a digital nomad since 2016. And I know that there's a long road to get you to where you are now. So I want to start from the very beginning, like where were you from? Where did you grow up? And when did you start solo traveling? So I was born and raised in Rome, Italy. Ah. And yep, that's where the name Flaminia comes from. And mom is American. Dad is Calabrese, so south of Italy, uh, near oh. Sicily. And I went to an international school for 14 years of my life. It was oh, wow. an international private Catholic school <laughs> because we're in Rome. So I've yes. got a lot of deconditioning to do on the Catholic <laughs> side. And that's been beautiful to hold in these past few years. But... After I graduated from high school, I then went to the States. I went to Boulder, Colorado, so University of Colorado. Oh, nice. And that was a great experience. I feel like Colorado has this energy, this earthy energy, and it really connects authentic souls. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Maybe I got to head back there Whoa. soon. Uh, <laughs> it, really, it really connects authentic souls. And at that time... You know, I'd always considered I was this spiritual soul, but I wasn't really focusing on that yet. You know, I was partying and I, you know, had a full-time mm -hmm. boyfriend and three jobs and 21 credits and I was like this <laughs> high achiever super The U.S. Woman. college life. <laughs> totally. And I was like, how can I do more of this? You know, and like, what else can I do? What else can I put on my plate and suffocate myself with? And so I think for me, that taught me so much about what burnout feels like, about mm -hmm. shedding and letting go of what doesn't serve you anymore and also truly listening to your intuition and i had a psychic mediumship reading around two years ago with this woman where she told me at the age of 18 i had some spiritual awakening and when she shared that i was like i don't know what this woman's talking about i was <laughs> like i don't remember having some spiritual awakening at, at age 18 and then after we finished the reading i started journaling started processing everything she'd shared and then it hit me and i was like whoa when i was 18 i was doing breath work without knowing it was breath work i just knew that accessing my breath with putting headphones on and music helped me release emotions and helped me with my stress and my exams in senior year of high school i did the IB program, maybe for those that, that are part of international programs, it's something that allows you to get into from a European school into a US institution. And mm -hmm. they're tough. There's a lot that goes mm -hmm. into that. There's a lot of assessments. There's a lot of just stress. Tests, yeah. And I had a lot of out-of-body stress there. And so I, I thought, how can I calm my nervous system? And again, I wasn't really doing much at the time. And then I just would lay down and I would put headphones on and I'd put music on and then I'd start breathing and I'd mm. arch my back. I'd put pillows behind my back and I'd start breathing. And I would, I did that for a year, maybe one hour a week, maybe two hours max a week. And I kid you not, the feeling that I had after I would do it and for the entire week, as weird as it sounds, I felt like Jesus. Oh. And what I mean by that is I really felt, I looked at everyone with pure love and pure alignment and their the envy was gone the jealousy was gone the insecurities were gone everything was gone and to be honest since then i've been yearning for that feeling and i've oh, been wow. getting it recently but i've been yearning for it but i i had that spiritual awakening without even knowing it so wow. that was that was an impactful moment that i think probably i'm sure created the container for the rest of what I wanted to create, you know, in university and all those things as well. 
<laughs> so, I mean, so one, it's so wild to learn that you grew up in a very Catholic school and now you're a founder of a spiritual business community. So just the transformation <laughs> between your past life to this life is just, I acknowledge, I see it. I see all of the things that went into, went into that. Cause that's, that's a, as you mentioned, a lot of deconditioning that had to happen for you to, to open up and be able to create the space for others. And wow, <clears throat> the, I think the breath work unintentionally discovering that that was something that kind of like brought you into this next level, a better version or that, that version of yourself that you, you know, needed to be. And I think that that's beautiful that you, you found that on your own and really leaned into it and then, and pivoted in that direction. And so yes. after, after you, so that was around 18 and then you went to university and, yes. you know, I, <laughs> I had met at the time who I thought was my life partner. So it was my first serious relationship. And, you know, like within the whole Catholic regime, I, you know, for me, virginity was like this like thing. It's not like we were super Catholic, but on my side, I wanted to lose my virginity with someone who I really cared about. And mm -hmm. I wanted that to be my first time committed boyfriend. And so we were together for around two, three years. And then this is where my intuition kicked in. And I had to graduate. And then he had one more year to go. I realized that when I would close my eyes, I would, I would see black and I couldn't mm. see him in my future. And, yeah. and so we get to talking and, you know, we start to realize that both of us, where we're like, wow, we're actually just like really, really good friends. <laughs> and so that was like a big moment because I feel like for me, I knew that I wanted to travel the world. I knew that I didn't want to live in the States. I, mm -hmm. I knew all of these things intuitively. But at the time, I didn't know that I was really listening to my intuition. It was just like this voice, almost like physiological response of like, well, it's happening. I'm going to do it because that mm -hmm. feels great. So I'm just going to follow what feels great right now. It was really difficult. So we ended our relationship and then I knew that I needed to figure out myself. I knew that I needed to spend time with me and know what that felt like really to the deepest core of my being. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had to make space to make that happen. I had to shed. We both had to shed you know? Yeah. So what did you do after that breakup? Is that what started you traveling or were you already traveling at this point? Yeah. So by that time I had moved to Barcelona. I had, yeah. I was kind of in a situation ship after that, like six months, yeah. maybe almost a year later. And, um, he told me come to Barcelona. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, Spain, <laughs> Italy, it's like same, same, but different. Yeah. I was like, I want to go to like Africa or like some places looking so different. But I was like, okay. He's like, he told me, look, just come, you know, you can't judge something before you've been. So just come and experience it <laughs> and see how you feel. And I, I went there and I just fell madly in love with Barcelona. Unfortunately, not with him, but oh. <laughs> with Barcelona and the culture and everything. So um, I stayed there for some time and really while that during those two years traveling as well mm -hmm. around Europe. And that's really, truly when it started for me. But I learned Spanish fluently and it was one of those languages where I just I could hear it and it's just like, you know, it just felt really good. <laughs> and I fell in love with listening to myself speak Spanish and making amazing connections and friends. And at the time I was working in an in-person office and then I realized I was like, 
whoa, this is not, this is not my thing. Like as great as this is and as stable as this might be, I was like, there's gotta be another way. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that like this is now I'm not subscribing to this. So um, I had received this like notification on my Instagram to head to Bali and become a social media manager. And they had shared this whole thing. I'm like, hey, this is going to be a great experience, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, Asia. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, that feels really far, right? That feels like it's its own other Mm -hmm. thing. But I was like, but it feels good. Like it feels good in my belly. And again, not consciously aware that this is my intuition. It was just like following things that felt good at the end of the day. And I decided to buy a ticket, planned it six months in advance, quit my job in Barcelona, moved back to Italy and figured things out. That's where the nest is, where all the questions arise. And I hold space for that because I have, I have that beautiful safety net. My parents are still together for 35 plus years and in the same home that, you know, Uh so there's a lot of stability within my instability in my life when it comes to that. So I decided to just book a one-way ticket and uh, go to Bali and they helped me with the whole visa and all those things. And um, that to me was like the biggest trip when I was on that plane, I looked down and we were about to land and I was like, what have I done (laughs) in a good way, in a good way. But I was like, what have I done? I'm all alone. I am all alone in this country where People are going, nomads are going, but it was like popular, but like not as popular as it is today. And I was like, wow, okay, let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah, So that was in 2016 when you first went to Bali? So that would be 20, end of 2017. Ah, okay. Yeah. So by that time. Barcelona was 2016. Exactly. And solo, I kind of skip forward things over maybe because I'm here in Bali and Mama Bali's yeah. like, talk about me. I'm here. <laughs> I transformed so much for you. But I did skip a bit on when I was in Europe. That was also um, a pretty daunting for me. I, I traveled, you know, amongst along Spain. I went to France. I went to Germany, all one way tickets um, and all different languages. Of course, that's the beauty of Europe, right? And yeah. if you have an EU passport, you can just hop around without worrying about visas. And so that those were the moments that I could really sit with myself alone and uh, go to restaurants by myself and challenge that part of what society tells you that you always need to be around people and who goes to the movie theater alone, you know? And, <laughs> and I, I challenged those things and I really sat with the feelings that came up, you know, and um, held that space for myself. And that, that, I think that's what gave me the confidence to go to Bali by myself as Uh, well. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the things that comes up a lot with, with women who haven't solo traveled in the past is they're like, it feels awkward going to a restaurant. And I've heard, I haven't experienced this myself, but I've heard that in some cases, if you're solo in Italy, perhaps, um, they, they won't seat you. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard, uh, I haven't experienced that, but I've seen in some of the forums where they're like, oh, we'd rather seat couples or, you know, more. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So, so it's interesting that there are things that come up there. Um, but it's also, you know, it's, it's about navigating, um, all those things that do come up on your own and being confident and, and knowing you're like, okay, well, this isn't the restaurant or maybe I, do a reservation and I just do one and I'm transparent about it. There's all these things that 
when you are so already kind of at a high on your your nervous system and you're like already kind of resistance to the experience sometimes you won't even allow yourself to go down to that that next step of like okay what would make this easier um because you're, you're just like ah uh, no it's gonna be bad right so then that's the energy oh. that you kind of <laughs> stay in totally um, I love that you voiced that I think that's so important to acknowledge and and just knowing that I think as women too for me it was a lot about safety I feel mm. like that was one of the things where I just would get so paranoid. My dad is Italian, right? So I don't know if you know, but stereotypically Italian fathers are like, did you do this? And did you do that? Or did you get the whole checklist? Yeah. <laughs> and did, you, did you make sure that everything is okay? And like, you know, so like for me, I was coming from that autopilot and that's mm -hmm. also where that mantra as unsexy as it might be the expect the worst and hope for the best. That's where that came from. And I wanted to make sure that I was always safe. I always had mm -hmm. like a fanny pack that I put under my shirt, which might be like a bit yeah. dramatic. <laughs> but I was like, I just want to feel good. And I don't want to mm -hmm. like think that someone's going to approach me and try to take something or whatever. And um, having been born and raised in Rome, Rome is also a big city with a lot of yeah. transient energy. Mm -hmm. And also stealing is, is definitely a thing that happens there. So I always tell yeah. that to my friends when they come to visit. I'm like, look the subways that is like people's full-time job to steal mm -hmm. from people and they use children so be careful you know and so coming from that also put a lot of guards up for me and so just feeling safe and creating security for myself was really important and then just seeing what else felt like I was stretching out of my comfort zone in a good way Mm. not in a too much of a fearful way right there's that limit that you feel and it always felt comfortable enough but scary enough to do it if that makes sense what do you find are the um the things that make you feel more confident as you're solo traveling Ooh, I feel like I journaled a lot I because I was alone for so long of my solo traveling journey when I say alone, this might resonate with some people that are already solo traveling, but you know, as a woman, it's also very easy to meet people. I would stay in mm -hmm. hostels and I'm an extroverted human. And I, I honestly get a dopamine high off of meeting new people. So <laughs> for me, it was always easy to just even just sit at the bar and you get approached, you know, in good ways. And you can feel if someone's weird and you're just like, yeah. no, thanks. <laughs> like I'm good. Um, but ways that I was able to raise my confidence, I think also just like through the whole experience as a consequence in a good way that helped me raise my confidence because hanging out more with me allowed me to love that. It's like, you mm -hmm. can text your friends and you can be like, Hey, let's think how, and you're like, you'll think of what friends you want to hang out with, but like, do we ever try to really text ourselves, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and th that as weird as that might sound, but like, that's something that I was really trying to train. I was trying to train that muscle of like, mm -hmm. what does it feel like to like hang out with me? Like, what do my friends feel when I hang out with them? And oh. that internally built that confidence within me. And there was a lot of self-love, you know, that I think was lacking also at the time. And I've been able to create that as a practice in my routines, whether it's through meditation or I'm realizing lately too, is if I see a trigger, let's say in my relationship or friendships, I realize not only that that trigger is something that's happened in the past that is just coming up as a reflection for me to work through right now, but also realizing that there's opportunity for me to grow in that, that every trigger, there's the opportunity there. Mm -hmm. But knowing that usually when I get triggered, it means that I'm not hanging 
out with myself enough. I realize I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little antsy on things. I'm getting maybe, maybe I'm getting a little bit envious here, a little bit jealous here. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, check in with yourself, go on a date with yourself because mm-hmm. that's not, we're trying to fill a void that's outside of us right now. And you got to fill that cup up first before you go out in the world again. Yeah. So I love that's that. what solo traveling helped with. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And I think that's the, that's the thing. It's like a perspective shift. It's like, oh, I have to be alone by myself. It's like, no, I I get to, I love being by myself. I actively schedule, at least for me, I'm an introvert. So I schedule three days minimum where I'm like by myself. I actually had that. My friend was like asking me, she's like, okay, if, if in your week, like how often would you want to see a significant other? And we were going through my calendar and I was like, well, I need three days by myself just off the bat. (laughs) And then two days with friends and then maybe another bonus day by myself in case I'm needing it. So we're doing doing one day for the dating. (laughs) Yeah. So so it's it's really, it's really important to to, check in with yourself because you get to, and that should be an Mm. enjoyable experience. Uh, What are some things that you do when you take yourself out? Do you have like a little ritual? Ooh, I mean, this is something that I've been wanting to bring in more in my life. So for example, my partner and I, we've been doing relationship check-ins. And what that means is we go through a series of questions, like 10 questions, and we'll just like check in on our relationship. And the other day it like, I had a light bulb and I was like, I should also like create a series of questions for myself on like Mm -hmm. what the ways that I'd like to connect deeper with myself. And then I went down a rabbit hole where I was like, I should probably also, it'd be cool to create questions for my business. Like how cool would that be to like date your business, you know, and like understand what they're up to and like how they're feeling, what are their desires? What are their boundaries? So um, that's something that I'm going to start experimenting with. We can loop back on that in the future. Happy to share updates on how that's going. (laughs) Um, What are some other things that I do? I mean, journaling in cafes with like a Mm -hmm. matcha, that's something that I'm just like, I'll order myself a matcha with oat milk. And I think matcha itself is a stimulant, right? So it also can open your heart and kind of increase Mm -hmm. that level of like (laughs) dopamine a bit. So that does get me into a head state of like, "Hmm, like, what are things that I want to bring more into my life? Or like, what are my dreams? And just like creating space for that. Um, Lately, I've been realizing in this past, you know, in in these past couple months, I've been going through different transformations and like holding space for that. And usually when that happens, I'll close, I'll close my metaphorical doors and also just like lock myself in the room and just be like, nobody can see this part of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is something that I am also trying to figure out for myself. But mm-hmm. lately I've been more transparent, whether it's on my Insta stories, whether it's with closer friends, like I've been more transparent on how I'm feeling, what's coming up for me. And I'm realizing that that's also part of my path to really share transparently from the heart vulnerably Mm -hmm. what I'm going through because I empower the women in the community and my business to do that. But I gotta also do that (laughs) So that's been a beautiful reminder, I think of like self-love of just like holding space for that. Um, And I think one more thing I'll add is journeys or experiences and of course like there's a whole topic of psychedelics there's the whole topic you know going to different retreats but I realized when I was at this retreat back in Ibiza around six or seven months ago they had hosted this beautiful experience and I was going through a process and this process was just shitting and it was just a lot of tears and it was a lot of letting go and a lot of just shedding and 
something she had said something and i was like yeah like this whole topic of like self-love like loving myself more like what does that look like and she's like this is a way to do it and i was oh, like oh. "Ooh, that's that's some good wisdom right there the deeper that you get to know yourself the deeper that you can hold that container for yourself to mm-hmm. me that is also self-love because you're figuring out more of who you are as a person mm-hmm. and as a human so yeah, I'm going to leave on that note for that tip, because I feel like that's been something that has been really impactful for me in this past year, especially. Yes, I love the the self-love can include some of that vulnerability, that transparency, that healing work that you need to do. And as you mentioned, it actually does. Like I, as I've been leaning into doing the same thing, because I'm in the same way, maybe it's the clairsentience piece where you're like, oh, I'm not, I don't, I don't want anyone else to yes. feel this. Um, but actually they want to feel that. And then by sharing your process, it normalizes some of those tough things that other people are also going through. And sometimes we get in our heads and we're like, I'm the only one that feels this negative thing about myself. And <laughs> no, actually <laughs> it's a very, very common thing, but for some reason it's, it's hard to, to shake it out, uh, when we're in that moment, when we're stuck in there. So that's, that's totally to start that process of opening. I loved that you shared that. And I think what's coming into like what's dropping in right now is um, I've read the book conversations with God. The title always scared me. I think with my delayering and deconditioning of all that is, but it's actually quite the opposite. It tells you everything of what I felt like my soul knew that I wasn't being taught in Catholic school and just the true beliefs of coming from love and light. And one of the things that they say is, well, to just to give some context, this book was channeled by this author. And so if you listen, or I believe if you read it, there's God in woman voice, there's God in male voice, and then there's the author's voice. And people, he had shared that when he was meditating one day, channeled the book and just started transcribing. That's sort of the context of the book. But I'm bringing this up because there was this thought process around, we've been created on this earth as humans for God, source, creator, divine, whatever, whatever's up there for you to truly experience the whole spectrum of our emotions Mm. and to truly feel the depth of all of our emotions. And when we feel, I don't know if this will resonate, but for example, the, or the emotion of grief, when we feel that I've noticed that there's, there's a pain in the heart, but when you go beyond the mind, it's actually a pretty beautiful emotion. Mm -hmm. Like it holds you in the depths and it's so raw. Like it's so raw. And that can be sadness, that can be fear, that can be happiness, that can be whatever mm-hmm. you need it to be. But that just came up with what you just shared, because I feel that when we do hold ourselves in the entirety of who we are, zooming out and seeing the beauty that we get to feel mm-hmm. these incredible emotions as, as you know, just icky as they may feel sometimes, yeah. just zooming out in that moment and being like, wow, I have the experience, the human experience right now. And yeah. I'm just going to bask in it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I, I, I need to, at first the title scared me too, but I was like, Oh, that actually, <laughs> that sounds like a really beautiful read. And it's so funny. Um, you, you saying like feeling all those emotions, 
it reminds me of, actually i was in bali and of course uh i went to a tantra retreat in bali um recently <laughs> and but it was a beautiful one it was it's a woman-led um company and it kind of comes at it from more of that like heart-centered uh approach so at first i was the same thing i was like uh tantra what but mm-hmm. as i as i dived in and i, I just fully leaned in that whole weekend one of the exercises that we did was actually embodying some of these emotions because within you, there's the masculine, there's the feminine, there's the world worldly, and there's the divine and there's the dark and there's the light. And, and there's not necessarily like a bad with any of them. You, you are all of those things. Um, but we sometimes don't allow ourselves to feel what all of those things are. And so a lot of the um, exercises that we did that weekend were embodying some of these emotions, these grief, a happiness, anger, and like lightness and joy. So we would go from, you know, screaming at each other to laughing and and, and dancing. Honestly, <laughs> we all think we were crazy at some point. You're leaning <laughs> into it. You're in the experience. Totally. Um, but by like embodying those emotions, maybe ones that you haven't allowed yourself to feel, maybe because you've you've been a little bit more detached or numb, then you actually are able to then recognize when those triggers do come up, what is coming up for you. And from there, be able to move it out of your body and really learn from them. But if you're in this numb state and you don't even know what anger feels like in your body, then how are you going to be able to recognize it when anger comes up because of a reaction or a trigger and it's just happening in real time and you're just reactionary to it. So I think that like all these awareness practices and and really diving into yourself uh, is so important because we want, you know, we want to... So just everyone in this world wants to be happy and be purpose-driven and like, you know, joyful, but we can't always just be in that state. We have to go through some of these messy things in order to get to that point. So, yes, I love that you open that space for yourself. I feel like there's so much there and these teachers that have gone through it themselves and then have this Mm -hmm. embodied wisdom to share with the world is so powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. Like what you're doing with the com- community even in providing workshops, which we'll dive into, um, but providing these workshops in spirituality and giving people a taste of what that looks like. So important because you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And like, if you're going through something, it's so great to have that community around you and that guidance um, to be able to support you. And I know that you mentioned, um, as you started to root down into yourself and that's really when you were able to feel comfortable opening up to others and realizing how important it was to surround yourself with like-hearted humans. And that's kind of what led you into the company. So from going to Bali around 2017 to the present, kind of like, what was that, what was that journey to getting to where we're at now? I know there is a lot, but like, what are the things that come up for you? Hmm. I mean, when I was in Bali, I had done this program for around six months and it was a pretty expansive program on helping me understand everything I needed to know to do social media for businesses. Hmm. And I was already 
you know, I had learned so much about social media management just from my own training, you know, being a high achiever, you're just like, okay, let's do all the things and more. And so <laughs> I just learned from YouTube and learned from all these different things. I had a couple internships uh, during my university experience too, that were remote. And for me, the whole idea on that remote side was actually, I tell people this in a joking way, but it's totally true, is it came out of laziness. <laughs> like it, it was more like, oh, I don't, what? Like I, I have so many classes in the day and then I have, you know, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I was like, can't I just do something for my laptop? I was like, there's gotta be something. So it was more just idea of not having to exert my energy, my physical energy so much. And knowing that the remote world was just kind of more on the rise at that point, mm -hmm. but knowing that there was opportunity there. So after Bali introduced to this amazing human. Maybe you've heard his name. His name's Tarek Kalusi. He's the founder of Nomads Giving Back and Nomads Skillshare. And if oh, not, yes. he's definitely got to be on this <laughs> podcast. Um, we had we were introduced to each other from the founder of this woman who had created this program. And I had realized that there was so much opportunity in interacting as a nomad and interacting with the local community. And when I was here in Bali, I'd realized that a lot of the nomads were creating bubbles you know, with each other, which I, you know, I was also a fault in as well. And, you know, when you're so far away from home, you also want safety and you also want that comfort zone, you know, mm -hmm. even if you're in a foreign country, but I realized that I always had that desire to connect with the local community. And so I was introduced to Tarek um, and he had hosted this community that connected nomads and um, locals. And before I'd met him, I was actually thinking of starting something like that. And I was like, wow, this has totally got to be a thing. This is a niche. And then when I met him, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't have to start it. <laughs> I was like, someone started it already. That's great. Let me just like help and do wherever, yeah. you know, wherever they need my help. Um, long story short, um, that's also what had, so working for them, I started out like as, as a project manager and then partnership manager and then leading all the way up to chief of staff. So being his right hand and all the things. And that had also led me to traveling to Colombia. I had already wanted to go, but they had a hub there in Medellin and Latin America. I hadn't traveled to Latin America yet. And I think at this point we're talking 2018, maybe mm -hmm. um, 2018, like end of 2018, 2019. And uh, that also felt very daunting, you know? And, and I think of course, like with TV shows, like Narcos, that doesn't really help with the whole no. energy. Of vision. <laughs> going to Columbia, Columbia, yeah. I've heard, I've heard from so many of my local Colombian friends. They're like, darn it. I'm <laughs> like, why did they have to publicize, mm -hmm. you know, as good as a TV show is right. But, um, my dad was absolutely terrified. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> okay. He's like, you left Italy. Fine. But like, Columbia. He's like, Hello. <laughs> So the reason why he was so distraught about it is because he works in the DEA and the drug enforcement. Oh, agency. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like very aware of like what happens in all different countries in Latin America. That's a whole other story. Um, so for me going, there was another daunting, um, fun experience. And so one way ticket to Colombia and having already, you know, being fluent in Spanish because of my Barcelona experience. Mm -hmm. That was fun, although I'd realized that Latin American Spanish can be very different to very... <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was its own learning curve, which was beautiful. 
And I learned how to work remotely in Colombia, stayed there for around three to four months, traveled from Medellin, went to Cartagena, went to Santa Marta, went all the way up to like the northest part of Colombia, slept in the hammocks. And like, that's a lot of where my inner traveler really came out as well, because being, I was, you know, even though there was community there, I was solo traveling, but I could dip myself in the community when I wanted it. And I think mm. that's what was really beautiful of being a part of Nomads Giving Back was that they were spread all around the world and they were nomads like me, but we also knew to take time and space for ourselves to go inward and to go travel and then maybe travel together and go to these different places. So, um, so Colombia was definitely really transformative for me also on a self-love journey. Uh, Latin America has this spice that, mm -hmm. you know, I used, I used to tell people Asia for me was more like, is more spiritual yeah. and Latin America is sexy and yeah. it, and it <laughs> both, right. I feel like that resonates with many and it's like both really, um, accentuate those sides of myself for self-love. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the sexiness comes through dancing in Latin America and the salsa and the bachata and the kizomba. Mm -hmm. And then in Bali, there's also sexiness because um, maybe if some people know what this is, but astro cartography, that's an intuitive tool that yes. I've been playing with lately. Oh my God, we got totally talk. a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> totally a vibe. Uh, we hosted a live workshop uh, a month ago on that. And I discovered so there's, I believe, 12 planets. Correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong, but I think 12 planets. And each of these planets um, deliver certain energy for you. And I had discovered during that workshop that I have my Venus line in Bali. And your oh, Venus line, I might have to take out my notebook over here, but my, the Venus line is more of the feminine and more, yeah. I think that's why clothes fall off me when I'm no, here in Bali. Sexy. <laughs> it's more, yeah, it's more of that like feminine, luscious, like I am very much more of my feminine here in Bali than I am oh, wow. in Italy or in other places in Europe. Um, so long story short, looping it back, I think there's going from each and every one of these different places that I believe de delivered different energy that I was able to co-create with mm -hmm. uh, was also very expansive for me. And then on the community note, after Columbia, it's been a while since I've thought of my timeline, but like after we'll fast forward to COVID because I think. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was, there was some things in between, but for COVID, I had spent it in Italy for an entire year. So that was a little bit nomad off, but remote mm -hmm. super on. It was like the most productive and the most highest achieving year that I had ever had in my career. And then after the, the intense time of COVID, I spent um, a year in Bali during COVID. And that's when community like the essence and the beauty of community really showed up for me. And that was in the spiritual community. Oh, yeah. And that's when I would say my spiritual awakening, like truly began of just being around these, oh, I have goosebumps, being around <laughs> these um, spiritual leaders, these people that have truly accessed the depths of themselves and are just like hanging out in that energy, you know, <laughs> and, and we're just all hanging out in the depths of ourselves. And of course, you know, people say you become the frequency that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And so I was surrounding myself with these spiritual leaders on the daily. And that just expanded so much for me. And it showed me how incredible, well, the goosebumps are not going away, Ooh. how incredible <laughs> community is. 
and in person, online, whatever it is. And it just really made me feel seen as a person. It made me feel really heard for what I was sharing, what I was going through. You can share something and, and someone would be like, oh, I know what you're talking about. And you're like, really? <laughs> like, I'm not crazy, you know? And so I think that that's, that's when it, I really just like opened my eyes and I was like, wow, this is, this is where community this is why there's tribes. This, this is why mm. I, they're in millennium of years and years and years ago, community has always been the one thing that humans need, you know? So I want to make sure I looped that back because I know that you had asked about community and I think it's, it's really powerful to see when that had come into my life. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's amazing that there is so many different facets. And I want to dive into the astrophotography a little bit more with you, actually. And I'm like, do I go <laughs> down that road right now? Let's, <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> um, what, where was Medellin on your astrophotography? Where is there, was there a line in, in Colombia for you? Oh, I don't have that off the top of my head, actually, but that oh. is really fun to play with. We can, I mean, there's a really simple website that we astro.com workshop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> astro click. Is that, is, yeah, is astro that click. Also, I think is so. it the same? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but so. what's interesting with astro click is that they actually are not great with like, when you read the description, you're like, yeah, wait, say not... that again. I'm like, you, you use it for the planets page? and then you, yes. You... And also for the visual of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like for the for the visual and where the lines are and where to go and all those things. But um, actually, yeah, so I don't have it. I was going to look at it now, but it's just doing its own thing right now. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> um, but I think when I discovered that within Bali, it was like, oh, this all makes sense. It all makes mm -hmm. sense, you know? Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> what it is, is you get to cherry pick what tools you want to use in your life. There's all these intuitive tools out there and mm -hmm. you can be like, that works for me. Actually, that doesn't really work for me. It doesn't really resonate. Maybe your brain is not ready to receive that information or to have the wisdom that that tool holds or it doesn't mm -hmm. serve you right now. And so it's looking at all the tools on the table and see from your intuition, what lights you up to work with and what gets you excited to learn more about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's all of these tools are, are just different ways for you to go deeper. And as you mentioned, you, you take what resonates with you and yeah, I love that you offer kind of that plethora with, within the community of, of what all the, the things are, um, that people, people can learn about. Um, I actually talk about Bali. So Bali is where my sunline crosses actually. So <laughs> it's a very good place for me to, that's actually where I launched the podcast was in Bali as like a shine and, you know, put yourself out there type of type of place, um, versus mm. Venus is that lo love and just indulgence. Uh, also really mine is in Buenos Aires, my Venus line, um, uh, which actually made sense after I had gone back and lived there for nine months. I was like, it is a very indulgent next to Venus sexy line that makes yes. sense <laughs> like it's wow. so funny like I, I had landed in Buenos Aires and within half an hour did not know a single soul within half an hour had a first date because as you know what? the cash situation very very hard and I was like you know what like 
it's new mm-hmm. year's eve i don't know anyone this guy wants to buy me some food like hey <laughs> you know we lean into the venus energy i didn't even know that was what i was leaning into um, yes. but, but yeah astrocartography um i love that that's one of the tools that you have utilized in getting to know yourself a little bit better and putting yourself in those locations that really serve that energy for what it is that you're trying to create also. Uh, so we've been mm. talking about Nomad Haven kind of around about. So I would love it if you kind of explain your mission, the, t- the offerings, the type of people that you are helping and supporting in this community. When I had started Nomad Haven, we started back in September of 2022 and I had realized that I was really looking for a community for myself. You know, I had, I'd understood that like sometimes, especially in the nomad life, things can get lonely. So even if you are solo traveling or even if you're like amongst community, sometimes if you're not in quote unquote, the right community for you, Mm -hmm. you can feel lonely in a crowd. And so I was looking up communities and I wanted something that had merged business, spirituality, and community all in one. And I would do, you know, I was doing some research for myself to join a community, but I kept finding all of these like really intense, like high masculine energy, Mm -hmm. like business boss babe communities. And I just realized that when I would enter into those, my nervous system wouldn't be as calm as I wanted it to be. And I would get more really like competitor mindset, even though the energy and the intention was always very beautiful, but I would just get more in my head or like, you know, how, how much can I show parts of myself of what I'm feeling challenged with, or like what I'm feeling empowered by, like all these things. And then the spiritual side, I had found so many communities that maybe were too spiritual, which I was always down for. I'm down for the woo. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to cut a couple balloons metaphorically and just ground myself and be like, <laughs> can we also get it done? Like, can we also yeah. like build a profitable and scalable business? So that's where the idea of Nomad Haven came about was I have a lot of background in using tools and launching businesses and helping my clients launch their businesses, everything from A to Z, like needing the website, the branding, all the stuff. And For me, using those sacred tools is creating the masculine container of it all. But having gone on my own journey of being so high in my masculine with my past clients and realizing that that's the way to do business, just being a man, essentially, Mm -hmm. right, without knowing it subconsciously, um, and also getting a sadistic high if I achieve more than men. That was also something a little bit there. So I went down the whole independent woman route of, no, you can't hold my bags. I got it, you know, Mm -hmm. to then... (laughs) in my relationship, healing that and understanding actually my feminine has been suppressed for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I decided to hold space for her and then went completely on the opposite side of the pendulum and not just suppressing my masculine. Where I'm going with this is there's, and what, this is what you mentioned before the masculine, the feminine, the light, the dark, Mm -hmm. whatever, what, whatever words you want to use to express this, the yin, the yang, there are dualities within us where to a certain extent, it is a balance that we get to create. And these dualities can only coexist together due to the existence of each and every one of them. So for me, having leaned so much in my feminine and being like, I can't go back in Asana, the project management tool, because it brings up (laughs) And that's what I was working with with my clients. And I'm like, I, I can't, my, my chest feels heavy. And that's where a lot of my somatic work started to, you know, come to fruition. I would start to realize 
I would close, I would enter into a tool that maybe I used to use with my clients and I would close my eyes and I'd be like, okay, like, how does this feel in my body? Like if I were to use mm. this for my business, how does this feel? And I, and I would feel like my chest would feel really heavy sometimes. And I'd be like, okay, then we're not going to use this tool. I like the body knows. So oh. I was like, okay, we got to find another project man tool out there then. Um, so I, <laughs> started, there's like I started brainstorming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's so many, but yeah. at the same time, I was just trusting on maybe word of mouth or maybe that tool that I heard three to four times in the last week, yeah. like just trusting that the energy and divine source creator was helping me throughout all of this. And um, where I'm going with this is having started Nomad Haven, there's so much that we go through as entrepreneurs, whether it be imposter syndrome, whether it be Mm -hmm. the low days, whether it be the high days, there's so much there. And if you are willing to hold space for yourself, that's amazing. But also if you're willing to share what you're going through with a group, especially of other women, because women, we go through a whole other different frequency for ourselves, whether it be with our menstrual cycle, whether being really connected to the lunar cycle, not as much mm-hmm. to the solar cycle, which is the current cycle that we're in, in society. Um, the, all of these things started to come up where I was like, whoa, yeah, I've, I've actually been suppressing listening to my menstrual cycle, you know, and now to this day, I have it in my Google calendar and I know exactly what to do during each of the phases. And I know when I should launch a project at what phase in my cycle and cycle syncing. This is just like an example of one of the many, 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 many tools that are out there, but I'm going through it. We're going through it. So let's go through it together and like talk about it. And like, what are you, what's working for you? What's not working for you? And that's where the community element for Nomad Haven really comes in is like, not only can solo traveling and all these other things feel lonely, but your spiritual growth can also feel very lonely sometimes where when you go to the depths of your soul, you think, I'm like what we shared before. I'm the only one that's going through mm-hmm. this, or I bet it's great for other people on the other side and the grass is greener on the other side methodology. But when you really sit down with yourself and you share those deepest parts of yourself and you can meet other people to the depths that they've met themselves, you also get the like dopamine high. Cause you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, I shared this in an Insta story the other day where I was like, I kind of see it as like free diving when it comes to my depth and my spiritual growth. Right now, I feel like I've been able to start free diving, let's say at meter 50. And I'm wanting to understand what it takes to get down to meter 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. And I think a lot of that is the stimulating conversations we can have with one another, is the space I'm willing to hold for myself, the spaciousness that I'm wanting to create to really see what that looks like and how things unfold. And then mm-hmm. the trust that I'm willing to have in myself and in the energy divine, all the things. So that's where community can really become this just like breath of fresh air and this yeah. love, this reflection of love of who you are, you know? And, um, and in our community, we have, you know, an application process. We filter the women that come to us because it's always been very important to me to make sure that the frequency is met at the, mm. the frequency that, that we all want to be around. 
And that's been really powerful to have as a standard. And of course, there were moments during my journey in these past in this past year and a half where maybe the revenue would be high and it'd be low. And then there'd be like the imposter syndrome coming up or the insecurities being like, should we just open it to the world? And it's like, actually, no, like I want to be around quote unquote, the right people. And for mm -hmm. me to make sure that that happens, there's got to be some sort of filter. And I'm going to hold my ground on that. And I'm going to make sure that these women are really embodying the values that I want in a person and that I personally want to be around. So that yeah. was something that I think was a beautiful learning experience during the journey as well. I love that. And I love that you make sure that everyone that's coming in is aligned uh, to the values that you are also supporting. What are some ways that you can understand whether someone is aligned to the community? Wow, what a great question. Um, you So we have five values that we live by. And sometimes these can morph and shift due to my own spiritual growth. Because when we launch businesses, like I'm not the same person I was a year and a half ago. Oh my God. I've gone yes, through I know this. <laughs> right? Like, can we just appreciate that? We always share that with the yeah. women too, where it's like, well, you know, the deeper that you meet yourself, like your business is also going to like morph and shift due to mm -hmm. the clarity and the transformations that you're making space and room for. So I also just really wanted to mention that, but I will usually notice in the first five to 10 seconds, the person, if I jump on a call with them, or maybe, you know, our community manager will jump on a call with them. Um, I will, I will usually feel it in the first five to mm -hmm. 10 seconds intuitively. This is where intuition comes into because one of the biggest values is authenticity for us. Mm -hmm. And for me to obtain authenticity, everyone can be authentic, right? To a certain extent, but to obtain authenticity, I feel like that takes a certain level of self-love. And I think it takes a certain level of having met yourself because authenticity is at the end of the day, love. I don't know. That's how I perceive it. It's just being the full embodiment of love and that the authentic nature of that is our light and love, right? Is source, is creator. And so that's something where I'll realize that in just a couple seconds where I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah. And then it's more about, can we support them? Like, are they on a journey right now where they really need this? So it's mm -hmm. the authentic nature, but it's also like, do they want to, are they ready to experiment with different intuitive tools do they desire to go to those depths to meet themselves because they got to be willing to do that too and are mm -hmm. they willing to also hold space for others can they listen can they have that level of curiosity to yeah. really want to understand others on a deeper level as well yeah i i that's such a beautiful way to make sure that the community is supportive and really aligned in the trajectory y'all want to go down right and exploring who you are while also getting stuff done <laughs> you want you want a little bit of both a little balance of, of the two things that you all really value and I, I love that there's a process that you go through and you are filtering um because yeah when someone wants to have those types of experiences that type of community uh, it's it's I don't know. It's not, um, it's not a great feeling to enter in somewhere. It's, it's like when you sign up for a group trip and you're like so excited and you're pumped, you're like, yeah, we're going to go on adventures. And then you get paired with someone who's just like a Debbie down or a negative doesn't want to do anything. And you're like, Oh, is that the experience I wanted? I really wanted that experience, but now I'm here and 
Uh, there's just a misalignment and just even the presence of that different energy can dampen a trip, can dampen the experience, mm -hmm. even virtually, uh, of, of where you all are trying to go. So uh, that's that's mm -hmm. kind of what came to mind. So I love I love the the fact that it's important for you to go through that process. Mm, beautiful reflection. I absolutely <laughs> love that you you shared that because it's true. There's there was a book. It's called The Art of Gathering. And one of the things that the author shares is sometimes you need to close the door to create the room. Mm. And that was like one of my guiding principles when I started the community was, you know, I got to sometimes close the door, you know, and because I want the room to be a certain frequency. And it's yeah. true when you have a certain frequency, maybe they're not ready to receive the information or maybe they're on their own path of loving themselves and understanding what they're brought on this earth to do. And, you know, but to be honest, I feel like we all stem from love mm -hmm. and I feel like love is the core and fear can, you know, fear and sadness and all these other things are just kind of stemming away from that core for a little bit. But if you're willing to hold space for each of those things, they'll get louder and louder and louder until you do. You'll always consistently return back to love because that is your natural state of being. That is why you've been created on this earth is to just be in that core. So that's just a reminder, I think for myself and also for many, it's like when we do stem away from it, just also know that it's always going to come back, but you got to be willing to hold that space to understand what's coming up for you to go a level deeper, to love yourself even more. I think the more authentic that you become in yourself and rooted in your being, the more you attract the people that you actually want to be attracting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's huge. And yeah. I think like there, there's also so much in the spiritual world, right? Where we feel like, oh, energy and attraction. And there's like, it can also be a little bit overwhelming when you feel like you have a negative thought and then you kind of, well, I'll speak for myself, right? I feel like if I'll have a negative thought and I'll be like, wait, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I don't want the, I don't want to say that this is the energy that I'm attracting. But at the end of the day, it's just, everything happens for you, right? So mm -hmm. just whatever situations that come up, whatever happens, I've always seen the opportunity in it, even boiling it down to the stupidest, stupidest example of like um, stepping in sheep poo and realizing <laughs> the bigger picture of like, oh, maybe this saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe if I had exited from this parking lot, I would have gotten hit by a car or like I just like, it, that's such a weird example, but I've started to see the bigger picture yeah. things as like icky <laughs> as they may be in the moment. I'm like, this is happening for me. And why, why is it happening for me? You know, it's the curiosity so that goes around that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, um, I bring up the, the burnt toast theory, right? Like the time it Ooh. takes to toast a new piece of bread after you burned the first one could have saved you from, or could have been the reason you met someone or all those things. So I think about that, or um, I guess in the nomad case, it's like the zero Wi-Fi or like no signal theory. I remember in Buenos Aires, my Wi-Fi cut out, there was no power. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go work out of a coffee shop. I didn't expect. And, and then what will happen because of that? Who will I meet? Who will I run into on the street? So it's having that perspective. I think that some it's the universe is working for you. You just don't know yet how it is, but you know, all mm. those things are are beautiful in the design. <laughs> I and, love that. A great example with Wi-Fi. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that's that's the nomad version of the burnt toast theory because you know we don't we don't really have toasters <laughs> we don't really have anything <laughs> totally yeah words of wisdom right there yeah. <laughs> uh okay and i since we're talking about connection and attracting people to you um i do have a few closing questions that i ask um let's start with connection and through your journey where and how did you meet your most meaningful connections? And do you have any tips for other people, other women who are looking to make and nurture meaningful connections on the go as well? I feel like the most nurturing connections that I made were always either at events that felt very aligned for me to go to. And like one example of that might be like, I don't know, like maybe a more spiritual event where, you know, it kind of it kind of checks the boxes of the lifestyle I'm currently living. So it's like no alcohol mm -hmm. and like, um, I don't know, healthy food, healthy and organic food. And like all these things that I have in my daily life that I really value and just like making sure that events support that, which in turn mm -hmm. attract people that also like that environment. And I've realized mm -hmm. that that's been something really beautiful that has helped me connect with amazing souls. I think another place too is um, actually going to the top digital nomad destinations. I know for some people, it might mm -hmm. feel a little bit daunting, whether you're like an introvert or whatever, but knowing that those are the top digital nomad destinations, they're actually a top for a reason. It's like mm -hmm. some of those, whether we're attracted to tropical climate or like warmer weather or like water, like or if strong you like those things too, or strong Wi-Fi or whatever <laughs> that might be, you know, at least something that like sustains a living for a nomad like lifestyle and it's mm -hmm. attracting other people in that way too you're gonna meet like it's guaranteed that you're gonna meet other people that have similar interests to you especially if you enjoy the beach or maybe if you go to like a more mountainy town people felt compelled to go to mountainy town too and like you share an interest and there's an overlap there already so mm -hmm. that's just the beginning of a fun friendship for example it came to dating um i don't know if that's in the sphere oh, too but yeah. friendships yeah, connections let's chat about that all the things <laughs> Let's get some tea. Let's get some matcha. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I was, after I'd broken up with my partner in high school, I was single for like five years. I was not in a relationship. If anything, commitment was just like not on my radar. I think that can be, um, that can be for some a stereotype with nomads where it's like, I, you don't want to commit to a place. You don't want to do this. And like, also my astrological sign is my son is in Gemini. So <laughs> I do have a little bit of that like floaty energy, um, but I also feel like I'm closer to Taurus, like more groundedness and organizational and sometimes logical. But um, what I realized on the relationship side is I would attend like authentic relating events. And like those are a little, were a little bit more like on the spiritual side, they would attract men that maybe have like done more of the work. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I was looking for. I just wanted a man to at least have looked himself in the mirror and like really looked at his soul in the mirror before we got on a date, as weird as that sounds. But I just was kind of sick of the conversations and the Tinder dates and the Bumble mm -hmm. dates and all the things and the situationships, like the non-committal situationships of me saying, I don't want to be in a relationship. <laughs> don't like, I'm going to travel in the next two weeks, like being more in presence, which was beautiful but also kind of giving too much of my energy away in different places that maybe mm -hmm. might not have felt a hundred percent aligned. And that was something which I guess boils it down again to events. So it's really just like 
tuning in to yourself to be like, hmm, like, what are the kind of events that I want to go to? Like maybe like a poetry slam or like mm -hmm. those, there's a, an amazing event here in Bali. It's called Voices Unleashed. And it gives the opportunity for people to access their voice and wow. to share their deepest secrets in front of an audience wow. and uh, to sing to, you know, like that's a special mm -hmm. kind of event. And like, if you go to that, you're going to meet people that are also attracted to that. And there's a synergy there. So that would be my advice on that note. Um, trying to think if there's, I guess like events also just like randomly meeting people, like following my intuition has always been a really good part of that. Like if I felt intuitively to like go to the beach or I just felt like I needed a break or I needed to go to like a specific cafe, it always transpired into something. And if it didn't, mm -hmm. then maybe after that it did, or I don't know, but it's just like the root belief in my system is that my body knows and I am literally, it, it's, it's, it's its own internal GPS. And that's truthfully speaking, something I'm exercising more lately is that I'll close my eyes and I'll make a decision. I'll be like, how does that feel? Like, how mm. does that actually feel in my body? Like, or what do I want to eat today? Like, sometimes I'll close my eyes and I'll be like, what do I want to eat today? And I'll be like a fruit bowl. I'll like go through a slideshow of like different <laughs> plates. So intuition, I think is a really, really big part of it. And just making space to, um, to listen to that. And there's industry leaders like myself and other people that are really practicing that and understanding mm. what it means to listen to it at its deepest core. And so- just absorbing those tips and truly feeling what's right for you is the most important thing at the end of the day. Oh, beautiful. I love all of the things and thank you for, for sharing that and intuition, uh, whether that brings you to a certain place or it just allows you to understand whether that person is aligned with where you're at too. Very, very important and understanding like what connections are good for you and being able to walk away from the ones that aren't so that you can allow more of the ones that are into your life and invest in those as well, I think is, is really important. It sounds like something that you also practice. And the events mm. piece, I, I love that you brought up the events because with the play style quiz I mentioned in the beginning, uh, but understanding your play style, because storyteller, for example, is one of the play styles. And so if you love to tell stories, maybe you had like an imaginary, you know, family or friend or group or whatever when you were younger, that means maybe storytelling is what lights you up. And then you go into these poetry jams, you go into more of these like storytelling type activities, which could be unique to the city um, and, and dive into those types of events. So it's a good way to filter. Okay. Like where do I even start? Cause a lot, I realize a lot of adults don't know what hobbies they should get into <laughs> it's true and they change you know yeah, like exactly. also but you're like wait what can I do for fun <laughs> you know like what is fun it mean? takes a minute yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and and so it's like okay let's let's start off with like where you were as a as a child before we knew what fun was and had to work and do all these other things and like like, what does it look like to start from there and meet people from that type of energy? So events are amazing. And especially if you find the ones that light you up, then you're already going to that event, knowing that you are going to enjoy it, whether you meet someone or not, because you ultimately will enjoy your own company doing that activity because, you know, it's great. <laughs> so, so then mm. with that energy of not needing any other person and just enjoying, that's what's so magnetic 
is someone's going to come up to you because they're like, oh, you're having so much fun. Like, I love your energy. Like, let's connect. And that's where the majority of the people are, I feel like. Uh, that you actually do yeah. end up having those meaningful connections with. You're just like, oh, hi, I'm also, we're also here. <laughs> totally. I love that so much. And of course, there's moments where maybe I'll feel a little bit more ungrounded. And sometimes mm -hmm. being around people, it like amplifies that ungroundedness. And I'm like, oh, this totally felt aligned like a couple hours ago. But now I'm like, nope. <laughs> and then I'll just like ghost it. And yeah. that is totally okay. Too. Yeah. Can we just like honor that? That is totally okay too. And you know, maybe you were like, yeah, this sounded like a great idea. And now that I'm here, it's like great, but I'm Netflix and cookies kind of sound better right now, yeah. you know, and that's, <laughs> that is what it is. And it's great to honor yeah. that, you know, I do, uh, I do like a half hour to an hour check-in with myself. If after the first half hour, I'm kind of like, uh, not really sure. I'll see another half hour. But then that's my limit and be like, okay, I did it. I, I put in the time and it just wasn't for me this time. So I'm going to go back into my pajamas and we're going to order <laughs> some grab and some takeout. And it will be great. <laughs> so what one question do you wish you could have asked your younger self sooner at the start of your journey? I would say like, why do you speak to yourself in such a mean way? Mm -hmm. I would, I would probably say that. And I think like, that's the self-love journey. And when I started to actually write down the things that I would say to myself and, you know, there's that saying where it's like, you, what's the saying? Like, you don't want to say the things that you say to yourself. You never say the things that you say to yourself to your best friend. Yeah. And like, when I started writing those things down, I'm like, where did I learn this from? Yeah. Like, who's teaching me this? Like, why isn't someone teaching me to love myself? You know, like, why isn't society telling me that I'm enough and I'm like, I can do all the things. And, and I think like, that's definitely a question I would have loved to open up earlier mm -hmm. on in my journey and just like having, um, yeah, like created more space to understand where that comes from. And that's still there, right? Those moments will mm -hmm. come. And it's just realizing sometimes when they get really, really loud, it means that I'm doing something that's going to really transform me and oh. expand me. And I realize that it's, it's truly, it is coming from my ego and like they become really loud when I'm daring more and mm -hmm. I'm wanting to access more of my inner greatness. And that's when they become like, woo, like sirens. And I've learned to disassociate it now. I've learned to know that to not tie my identity to my inner critic. And mm -hmm. of course, that's also a practice, you know, times when maybe I like haven't eaten in the day or I didn't <laughs> sleep good, like my subconscious will, will like absorb it more. But um, I think that's some, that's what a great question. That's a great reflection for me to do after this podcast yeah. episode to just journal about that. That's really beautiful. Thanks for asking oh, yeah. that. Yeah, no, thanks for, for that question, uh, that answer. Um, and I think that, that, um, that's something that we don't take a step back and, and listen to, uh, enough. That was one of the first steps that I had to go through in therapy was who are, who do those belong to? Like, who are those thoughts? Mm. Like, where is that coming from? And then countering that with the truth, because we don't realize, again, that those actually are probably not true, whatever those things are. Our bodies are here to, it's one function is to keep us safe. Mm. And so I love that you also bring up the fact that as you're doing more risky things, more transformative things, those 
thoughts get louder because your body's like, no, no, don't worry. Don't take the leap. We're perfectly fine. Just, just go back to sleep. It's much more cozy here. And at first it feels like, why am I self-sabotaging? But it's like, no, no, mm -hmm. like your body's doing what it needs to. It's, it's that voice of reason because it doesn't want to die. <laughs> and yes. it's like, oh, you're, you're doing things that I might die. <laughs> and it's, and it's <laughs> like, oh, that makes, now that I know that that's what that body is trying mm -hmm. to, you know, do that. You're like, okay, I get you. I see you. It's kind of like a parent. I see you yes. dad, but I'm still going to go to Columbia, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, what a beautiful reflection. I feel yes. like that's so accurate. That's so accurate. Because as soon as also we transmute that into love, it also mm -hmm. the voice does die down. Because all it wants to be is just it wants to be heard. And it also wants to be seen. And mm -hmm. so when you hear it, and you see it, it doesn't really have anything else to do. And so you're just yeah. like, I see you. And I hear you. But I'm still gonna do it. Yeah. So thank you, <laughs> exactly. but no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you love know? you. So, but I'll see you later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, amazing. And one last question, or actually tip, for women who are considering traveling solo for the first time, and they're a little bit hesitant, what advice would you give them after all the transformations and all the things that you've learned? Um, what do you think would help? <laughs> I think there's so many tips that can come to mind, but I'm going to honor what's coming to mind now is what was always really important for me is truly connecting to my why. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to intuition. That goes back to everything that we've talked about, which I feel like this question really wraps it all up beautifully because having listened to this whole episode, when you come to the answer to this question, it'll make sense because Truly, when you connect to your why and you just check in and maybe the fear will come up and all the, again, out of the comfort zone and your body telling you, why, why are you trying to kill yourself? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like, you really want to do this. And like these ideas and this energy is coming to you for a reason and just trust that. So trust yourself in having this curiosity and we can always look at what the end result might be but if it feels right just keep looking down at your feet and keep following that right quote unquote right feeling and just mm -hmm. keep following that because trust me it's you're not gonna you're not gonna fail with that yeah. and if you do the growth it's again all gonna happen for you so that would be a, my advice is just reconnect to yourself tips on how to do that because we can just say this and just put that into the air mm -hmm. but tips on how to do that ways that i connect to my why are through meditation so i like use this really good app i highly suggest it um it's called open and it goes mm. it goes to the depths that i like to go to and um, it's not the cheapest but it's definitely the highest quality membership app that's out there and uh, that's one way that I give space to listen to my intuition, clear the energy for that, um, make a list of the things that make you happy, your hobbies, like ignite that inner light within yourself that creates that certainty within yourself as well. Um, I'm sure also, you know, you've got some tips to share. This is a co-created <laughs> conversation, you know, but I think it's it's coming into that that safety that you can create within you to keep moving forward. So what's going to create that safety? Just answering that question can be really powerful. Mm -hmm. So 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. This whole conversation was so expansive. Um, If you could tell us how can the listeners keep in contact with you and find out more about Nomad Haven and the work that you're doing. So we're pretty present on Instagram. So I've got my personal Instagram, Flaminia Buddha, my first name and my last name. Luckily that wasn't taken, (laughs) Um, which it really isn't. My name is very unique. We were talking about that before. And, And then at Nomad Haven on Instagram. We also are writing some blog articles that are going deeper on these types of topics. But I would say those are probably the two, if you're on Instagram, if you're on LinkedIn, uh, I'm, I, I definitely hang out there as well. A little bit more on the professional side, but again, the practicality and spirituality. So that's just Flaminia Buddha. If you do find another Flaminia Buddha on LinkedIn, let me know, because I'd be very curious to know who, <laughs> who else has my first name and last name, but you should I'll find do a search me for you. easily. <laughs> and then of course, our website, you know, nomadhaven.com, you'll be able to find all the information, what we're about. Uh, what types of events we host on a monthly basis. We've got some open events for non-members so they can taste the community. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a great experience for people to get involved and to see if this is what they're truly looking for in their life. Amazing. And I will share all of that in the show notes as well as social media. Um, thank you again so much for sharing your story, transformation, all of your tips on connecting with yourself, connecting with others, and also your play. Uh, I'm so grateful that we were connected and that you were on on as a guest today. And thank you all listeners for tuning in to today's episode with Flaminia. I hope her story resonated with you all and it inspires you to transform your life through travel. See you all at the next adventure. As we wrap up another beautiful and insightful episode, I want to leave you with an opportunity to deepen your journey of connection. So head over to travelnotescape.com friends to explore the Passport to Connection program. This is a unique one-day live virtual workshop and monthly mastermind that's designed to empower you on your journey of connection. And this goes from connecting back into yourself, reigniting your spirit of play, understanding what you value for yourself and in friendships, where to find these people, especially while you're traveling. And then once you actually meet them, how to turn those connections into friendships, handle rejection, handle filtering for like-minded individuals. And then once you're friends, how to actually maintain these connections, especially when time and distance are a factor. So this is a one day live virtual workshop because I wanted to make sure you got all of this knowledge right away so that you can start connecting with people. So if you're going on a trip or if you're moving soon, I wanted you to have all this information, all these actionable insights right at your fingertips. And you will immediately be joined by a small group of like-minded individuals that are going on the same journey. So you are also building community right along with getting all the information that you need. So go ahead and head to travelnottoescape.com slash friends. I have more information on there. I am creating a very intimate group for this workshop. So make sure to sign up soon so you can secure your spots. And I am so excited to welcome you on to the program. Until next time, keep exploring, connecting, and playing, and safe travels navigators.